us alive now. You forget about that one. And you keep them coming in. You're doing well, son. Find us on the web at mbradio.us. I want to make it clear that the views expressed by our hosts are not considered the official stance of MBR views. Remember, this is all about having fun and enjoying the ride. Welcome to Gunslinger's Tavern. I'm Audrey McHugh. I'm a bisexual, open woman that served in the military. Brownwater Navy, shout out to my Airedales. One in three veterans experience military sexual trauma. Here we use whiskey for good and talk about all different events that affect veterans and how we can do better to make sure that no one has to release their burden of rape at these gates anymore and ensure that veterans' lives are advocated and lived for. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Gunslinger's Tavern. I have the honored pleasure of introducing Rachel. Is it Rachel? Rachel. So fun story. Uh, my dad is from Jamaica. And so they put the emphasis on both syllables there. <laughs> so Rachel, yeah. Rachel Smith. Uh -huh. And uh, we'll be slinging some questions. And as usual, I'm slinging some drinks because what sailor does it? And so let's just, uh, let's just jump right into it. So you and I um, both experienced what I call our crimes in the military. I don't like using the word military sexual trauma at all. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that politicians came together in their little think group and decided, well, how can we make this sound better um, rather than mm -hmm. recognizing what the crimes truly are? And mm -hmm. so um, I, I looked over at your website and um so there's some things that we'll get into with that but kind of want to ask you about your military service one why did you serve your country what made you join and uh then we'll take it from there sure um well uh it started pretty much before i was born my mom and she joined the army uh, first. She commissioned into the army uh, somewhat after finishing nursing school. And she did a few years there and was just like, yeah, okay, you know. And then uh, a few years after that, she she uh, commissioned into the Air Force and then it became this like 20 year career that she just became this superhero pretty much in my eyes. And I just thought like, wow, she's, making a difference and she's a nurse she's deploying she's out there saving lives and um i don't have the stomach for nursing but i'm pretty good at writing so <laughs> i majored in communications and ended up being a public affairs officer and i just kind of wanted to continue carrying the torch and um she had the same effect on my younger brother <laughs> that's awesome so you sound like me you came from a long line of uh military so what branch did you join the air force yeah it was uh a no-brainer, kind of. It was just like, well, that's what she did. I'm going to do what she did. Well, there's always a choice. It's called the Navy. Mm -hmm. But we're going to let you go with the Air Force. <laughs> Don't worry, sis. I got you. Oh. <laughs> so you're a public affairs officer. So you mm -hmm. had to do a lot with, with this, then, I would say. Um, so... I guess what a lot of people don't know is that Rob DeSantis, he was actually a JAG officer uh, mm -hmm. in the Navy. He's now the governor and he actually sexually assaulted and harassed women in college and in the Navy. And besides being a racist, can you imagine 
having to go report crimes to this kind of man. And so what a lot of people don't understand is that's very common in the military. Oh, yeah. This good old boy system and not to make it a gender thing, but were they really protecting <clears throat> and put, you know, perpetrators in different places so that when things are reported, whether it's drug trafficking, um, you know, sexualizing and abusing children or raping military members, they have a mm -hmm. place to get away with it at. So what was your experience in doing that as your role as a PAO and then your own experience of uh, military sexual trauma or whatever terminology that you wish to call it? Um, um, you know, oddly enough, my, my, I think it was my very, my second article as a public affairs one was about um, uh, sexual abuse and how it wasn't, it had no place on our, our base. And my, my first one was about marijuana <laughs> and second one was about sexual assault and Oddly enough, when I was in ROTC, um, the guy that I was dating at the time, uh, that was a big part of our relationship. Uh, he was somebody that dealt drugs unknown to me. <laughs> he didn't do it anywhere near my home, thank God, but um, he always smelled like it and stuff. So I felt like I had this weird connection to those, those first two articles. And I was thinking like, okay, maybe this is some sort of sign that I get to right wrongs, but um then I went through it myself and I I just remember the isolation of it and really not knowing who to turn to like I had the the SARC office of course and my uh my SBC the uh, special victims council but outside of that as soon as I opened my mouth and you know like took text message evidence and like tried to basically well i don't think i was like trying to take anybody down but i had evidence of this I think is who, you were just trying to report me. a crime that right happened. exactly <laughs> and i kind of feel like you know um they make us feel like it's our issue for reporting right. and absolutely so I, um i was in from 2004 to 2012 so mm -hmm. a lot of these sarks and all they didn't really exist when um right when, you know i was raped and so it you know even as this process has gone on you have seen sark officers um that have been threatened uh yes. threatened bodily harm by other officers and even enlisted personnel for just doing their job or mm -hmm. they're not actually doing their job so it is uh the retaliation of just reporting about truth it's, mm -hmm. it's so profound. I know that my like jobs were taken away from me out of um, when I was supposed to be in a helo. I was supposed to fly in a helo and, and do crypto loads there. And so, you know, because I wouldn't sleep with this officer and his wife being bisexual, he then grounded uh, my superior officer, which was the only female in this squadron to be able to make sure that she didn't stick up for us. So she was the only wow. at this point, she was the best pilot in that squadron and they grounded her for actually trying to do the right thing. So people think that, Oh, it's just easy to report. And mm -hmm. I kind of want to, you know, highlight one, it's extremely difficult to even talk about this. Um, many people, you know, don't get to where you and I are at where we're evil, even able to, verbalize what happened to us mm -hmm. let alone take the time to talk about it so that other people 
can still where'd she go? <laughs> oh, all right. Well, guys, we'll wait. <laughs> I said I don't know what happened. Mazel tov. Welcome back. Me either. Oh, so sorry about that. Wow. <laughs> okay. But anyway, you know, so, it, um, you know, it takes a lot for us to say. For me, I know it took 20 years for me to say the word rape. Um, mm -hmm. I was raped over 10 times in the military and multiple different mm -hmm. people. So it wasn't just one. I was almost murdered. So I'm when so people sorry. say, I'm, you know, I'm not sorry that it happened. What I'm sorry about is that it continues to happen. Yeah, that, after, that after me, that everything that I've been through, there's still a you. Right. And so that's where um, it hurts. It still hurts when somebody mm -hmm. comes and calls me and says, hey, I'm 19. This just happened to me at yeah. ACE or, or this just happened to me in training or I just got to my first duty station and this happened to me. And so all of those kind of things have happened to me and to see it continue after we've been promised this big sweeping change it's very very frustrating and so oh, yeah. i one i just want to say i hear you i see you <laughs> i appreciate you um you're my sister in this and yeah, thank you <laughs> uh, you are and um genuinely like i appreciate you taking the time to speak because so many of us have been told that this doesn't exist. Yes, I know. And it truly does. And what people don't understand, it's a one in three issue. It's a non-gender issue. This happens to men as much as it happens to women. We just speak out more. And mm -hmm. that the frequency of men killing themselves are extremely higher than us. Um, but you have a 50-50 chance of killing yourself after this. And so... I kind of like as you started to heal. Um, I don't want you to disclose what years <laughs> happened to you if you don't want to. Oh. But, but kind of like, um, it sounds like your command was not very supportive of you um, reporting this, and that's that's nothing new. Um, and so <laughs> it's not. Um, yeah. I kind of like want to just hear some more of your story, and then like, mm. how long did it take you to get from the point where? the incident happened or incidents. Um, and then if you want to disclose what happened, your, your details, like I want you to be able to share your truth as much as you want to without me, um, you know, making you uncomfortable. So <laughs> the floor is yours. Um, well, I could say, um, unfortunately I, I did experience, um, an assault when I was 12, actually, um, from, to one physician and like a, I guess they were the chaperone <laughs> at when I was um, up in Alaska. Uh, was, I don't know which duty station that was for my mom, probably number four or three, but um, that happened and I was 12 and I didn't really have the words to explain what was going on. Um, and I, I did tell my mom, but I just didn't have any frame of reference to explain like I was harmed. I mostly I think I just said what yeah. Yeah. I, I remember asking her like why'd they do that right. to me? You just knew something <laughs> not right had happened, right? Mm -hmm. And you didn't even know how to explain it because right. 
you're not supposed to know how to explain that. So. Right, exactly. And um, actually, I had pushed that down for a long time. And it wasn't until, um, gosh, I, I don't remember what year it was, but it was when a lot of the gymnasts on the U.S. team came forward about um, their, I think it was their team doctor or coach that had um, been yeah. touching them that inappropriately. Yeah. It, and then like just seeing that newscast, it jogged something in the back of my head where I was like, that happened to me. I'm like, wait a minute. And then um, in college with, with that boyfriend, it was um, very much like your story where there was uh, numerous events and um, him trying to, to kill me. And uh, I, I just remember like my senior year of college, um, prior to us dating, I had pretty much straight A's, you know, I was on ROTC scholarship, I was working hard and um, met him and all of a sudden I was getting C's and D's and like not being able to stay awake in class and all of these people that I was pretty close with because um, ROTC is just this kind of unique experience when you're in college. So. Um, it really, uh, really bonds people together. And nobody wanted to ask, like, I think they knew um, because in the summertime when I did finally like break up with this person and start to get away with him, that's when the stalking started and the murder attempts and things like that. And um, two other cadets in particular really like stood up for me and tried to get him away from me. And I got the cadre involved then, but Prior to that, when I was like, I, I'm just a completely different person. I was a shell of myself. I wouldn't smile anymore. I was terrified of my own shadow. Like nobody wanted to say anything. Um, and then after that, when I commissioned, so that was 2012. Um, that someone could see something is wrong. And they, they could clearly see that he was a narcissist and that he was like, literally isolating you and um you know basically <laughs> basically it's it says you're unmuted you have to mute yourself you have to press the unmute button <laughs> you're good look there's a button to unpress and mute I'm going to kick you off and then come back in. Here. There you go. Default. You're good. I can hear you. I'm so sorry. I'm having some technical difficulties over here. All good, sweetie. All good. All good. But, oh. Well, guys, there we go. Air Force is having some difficulty today. <laughs> I can't hear anything. It's um. Oh. Mm. Can you hear me now? Uh, I can hear you. How is that? Is it working now? Yeah, I can hear you. Good. 
Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, my mouse is turned off. Good. Hmm. Okay, is that working? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't hear me. Here, let me text you. Um, let me see. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's not. I can't no? hear you. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, let me um, let me kick you out and then come back in. Mm. All right, guys. Well, that's horrible. <laughs> Hold on. Hmm. Good. Oh. All right, hopefully she can come back on, get our Air Force to, to join back in. So guys, I guess while we're waiting, I want you to know it's really difficult for anyone to, to speak about this, and I appreciate her courage. <laughs> Hi there, how's that? All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh my goodness, wow. Well, yesterday there was this big storm system that oh, came yeah. through and like all of my electronics have been kind of crazy for some reason. And I'm just like, I unplugged everything. So I don't know why they're mad at me. <laughs> um, I think that, what you're talking, talking about is that kind of like, you know, a business community really, really reach out to you reach out to and you and your grades are going grades down are going down right somebody's there, somebody's there. you're being narcissistic relationship and you know they i mean they, they do target they do target people trauma trauma attention yeah attention. absolutely and, and so so I don't think that, think that um, it made you prone to have that you in the military. That is a challenging thought. thought. But, I think, but that I think that it made you it more vulnerable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that because um, when I initially, when um, I commissioned, I think my date to to start was like a year in the future, but because all of that was happening, um, it got changed around and I got a different duty station. Um, but no joke, when I joined, I got there in process. Um, I went by the protocol office because that was right next to where my office was in, in headquarters. And the boss of that office took one look at me and she was like, you're too pretty. And I was like, uh-huh and then she basically was just like stay away from the pilots and i didn't really uh -huh. know how to take that and i mean i i internalized it like okay like obviously i'm gonna listen to this woman and i think it was two weeks later there was a company grade officer uh, uh meeting but it was 
beer tasting and I hadn't had any alcohol for months just because I knew I was in a bad place. So I was like, this is <laughs> not the thing. And then it was also my first beer tasting. Um, so I was hammered in like maybe an hour or so because I didn't know you're supposed to just spit it out. Like you're supposed to swish it around, taste it, spit it out. So I'm just sitting there <laughs> knocking back all of these small cheers. And the guy sitting next to me, um, my supervisor had wanted to introduce us because he was like, oh, they'll be a cute couple. Meanwhile, this guy's a freaking predator. Um, I didn't drive that night. I rode with my supervisor and that guy had parked at his house. And so I was lived right around the corner from my supervisor, which just was random. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go. And, and we lived in a nice area, but I walked back to my um, apartment and this guy's like, oh, well, I'm going to go with her because she's tipsy and I'll, I'll just make sure she gets inside okay, which seems innocuous enough. But then um, I get inside and I don't want him to come inside because my furniture hadn't arrived yet. Um, I was like just signed the lease on the place and I was kind of just sleeping on like a, an airbed and um, he follows me into this house and like keeps trying to kiss me and stuff and I I remember just being like no like what if and this is somebody I was not attracted to in any way shape or form I was just like immediately when I met him I was like oh <laughs> but um, I ended up dating him because like after that i was just terrified of him i didn't know how to say no like i kept trying to avoid him and then i went to tech school for two and a half months and i remember asking one of the um oh fours there like hey i just can i have some advice like this dude won't leave me alone and she said like you know just tell him like I'm not interested. And I'm like, okay, so what happens when that doesn't work? Like, what do I say? And she said, well, probably say something to your command that you're uncomfortable. But with everything that happened when I was in ROTC um, and me trying to go report that to police, like I was legitimately in um, a downtown police uh, station in San Antonio, bawling my eyes out. A friend had come with me and I had all of these text messages and things um, of my ex-boyfriend at the time saying, oh, I'm going to come kill you. Your life is worthless. All of these like crazy, just awful things. And then I had the evidence of him trying to act on that, whereas there was other people. He tried to run me off of the road one night after work, like he was hiding in the parking lot next to my job. And so I had all these witnesses. I had all of these like people at my job were walking me to my car at night. And then thank goodness they did. That saved my life. But um, I had loads and loads of evidence. And the police were like, well, we can't do anything about it. You should have reported it at the first incident. And so it was like, okay, so if I ask for help, I'm not going to get any. Then that's from the police. So I'm like, okay, this is a military. Why would it be any different? And turns out it, it wasn't. But right, right. Um, yeah, it just it got really bad. There was just all of these rumors and stuff. And that one was one of those toxic relationships where we kept breaking up and getting back together and breaking up and get back together. But like nobody knew I was terrified of this guy. I was so, so scared of him and didn't know how to um, stay away from him. And I think the 
one reprieve that I got was like he deployed and I was just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> and I, <laughs> and um, it, it just kind of escalated from there where um, I got one of those um, compassionate PCSs. They put me at a, a different base, but um, with all of that happening and then another thing happened at that new base, like I just broke, like mentally I couldn't handle life really I just thought it was this pattern of okay this is always going to continuously happen to me right and so I ended up hospitalized and got med boarded out and everything and that was around 2015 um and then after that I was just a mess like I couldn't keep a job um terrified of my shadow sometimes I would leave the house sometimes I wouldn't um, I used to drink like so, so, so much to cope because I, I didn't really know what else to do. And then there was um, there was the just partying. <laughs> There's lots and lots of drugs and, and me not hanging out with a great group of people and everything. Um, and then when I met my ex-fiance, I was like, oh, okay. I got the bare minimum for once in my life. So I was thinking like, oh my God, this person's perfect. Like this, <laughs> this is the man of my dreams. And um, I ended up moving to Guam. This person turned out to be a complete narcissist as well because I hadn't healed and I didn't know what to recognize in, in those kind of people. And um, I was in a relationship with him for a few years and then just out of nowhere, he kicked me out of the house. And he was like, you have to leave. I don't want to be with you anymore. I'm guessing because by the time that relationship ended, like I, again, I went from being super happy of, oh my gosh, my life is restarting. This is everything I thought I would never have. And then um, if you looked at the pictures <laughs> over time, it was like, I just kind of like curled in and shrank and shrank and like just lost all of that. Um, vitality and happiness and after that um I got hospitalized again because I was just like well this is life you know it's just trauma and I don't want any part in it and I I kept trying to harm myself like I just didn't want to be on the planet anymore um but I had made it pretty clear like I want nothing to do with you like please leave me alone and he kept reaching out and like I had started a blog at that time for just about healing and trauma and whatnot. And, um, you know, when you have a website, there's all of these analytics of all the traffic that comes through. And I knew exactly who he was in terms of that, because his IP address was in a very distinct place. Right. So I, I right. knew it was him. And so what I was doing was I'd copy and paste like, okay, this IP address would be on, um, the website for this length of time and I'd copy and paste it anytime I saw it. Um, then I started getting texts from him randomly and like emails and stuff. Well, I had made it clear, like, leave me alone. You kicked me out of your life. Obviously you don't want me in it. So why do you keep contacting me? And um, this kept going on for a few years until, um, what was it, 2022, he, was it? Yeah, and that sounds right. He reached out again, and by then I was just not in a good place. I was in an apartment in a really terrible area of Houston and wouldn't leave it, um, just terrified of everything. I was pretty much an agoraphobe. Like, I had no life 
I, I just woke up in the morning, took the maybe five steps to get to my couch and then sat there <laughs> if I slept. And um, out of nowhere, one day I get an email from him and it's just like, I'm so sorry and something else. And then um, the next email was like, damn it, I shouldn't have sent that or something. And I finally had enough. And so I, I didn't know really who to contact because he was in the Navy. So I just found a SARC office overseas and told them the situation and asked like, what do I do? And they got me in, in contact with, um, uh, what's it called? Um, it's family advocacy. Yeah, they got me in touch with them at his duty station. I have all of this evidence like of this person continuously reaching out to me for years. <laughs> and I, um, I guess they got in contact with his commander or something like that. And um, I they i guess basically he showed the commander the emails and said it was an accident i didn't mean to email her and i'm like okay you responded to an email from a year ago so you had to scroll through your gmail to get to it then type <laughs> then hit send then go back to that email and write i shouldn't have done that that could be intentional to me is it not but um and i well, wasn't well, this is kind of just, just want to take a and then they and then wanted, they wanted to, to respond that's how they, they operate did the navy um, well basically they didn't let me submit any of the stuff that i had which was over a span of like three or four years wow constantly saying i don't want anything to do with you because i wanted a protective order because i'm like look i don't feel safe this person keeps reaching out to me i have a history of this stuff and um i remember the family advocacy person they were like yeah he's a e whatever that's pretty high ranking and i'm like i was an officer so what do you what what are you trying to explain to me i know how this works but basically the commander made the decision that because I responded where it said, leave me the fuck alone, I want nothing to do with you or something to that effect, that meant I was open to communication. So he got a slap on the wrist and had to go to like some counseling sessions or something. What and commander then, is that? What was it? What commander is that? Uh, I don't really want to say because he's still active duty, I think. I don't know. But um, yeah, there's... Are you really like, like, commander? Oh, I have no idea who it was. But like they, yeah, they protected him 100% where I'm like, look, like this dude destroyed my life. Like I was not okay for years. And um even after that, like I got hospitalized afterward because that whole thing just re-traumatized me. I was a mess. And um, I ended up getting hospitalized maybe that week. And then after that, it was, um, I tried to kill myself again. And that was around Christmas time of 2023 and got hospitalized there and had just the worst experience at the VA. Like, um, I got, I think I got checked into the uh, psych unit there um, 
let's say I showed up there at six o'clock to the ER and then I got up to the unit at maybe like nine and by 11 o'clock there was a man in my room, like a patient. <laughs> and they made it seem like I was overreacting and like I, I was like look you need to transfer me someone else or I want to call my mother or like somebody because this is ridiculous there's no way in hell that somebody yeah, should have been yeah. able to get into my room and like not only that that person had like a, a a minder or a watcher or whatever the heck they're called where somebody is supposed to be with them like within an arm's length of them <laughs> for their stay and they still got into my room um what va what was, VA was in houston in Houston. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they made it seem like I was crazy. They offered me Xanax and a couple other of those uh, um, benzos to calm me down. And I'm like, I don't need to be calm. Like, you guys need to do your, your jobs. Like, there was no reason for, like, somebody to be at the foot of my bed. <laughs> I know, I know. It's not that cool that that happened. But did you but have, an, you opportunity have an opportunity to reach out to, reach out to the out to do it? Uh, well, it happened a second time. Um, about twelve hours later, different patient. But um, I reached out to uh, what is it? The Joint Commission, something or another. Like I, I put in uh, a complaint there. I wrote Barack, <laughs> I wrote Michelle, I wrote the local papers in Houston, because uh, I'm a pretty good writer. Uh, I wrote to, um, was Trump in there yet? I don't remember, it was like 2022. Um, but like, I wrote all of these people. I wrote the head of the VA, no response, nothing. And, uh, I just so happened to get better um, probably around this day of 2023, I was browsing Reddit and I hit like the, you can go to just random subreddits and I ended up on one called like obscure drugs. And um, I was expecting to read about like mushrooms or treatment like that, but somebody was sharing about their experience with a new antidepressant and, um, I looked it up and looked at the trials and these people were having these like miraculous recoveries from like years and years and years of depression. Um, so I asked my doctor about it and she hadn't heard of it. And she spoke to her colleagues and they were like, please put her on that, especially if she's just had an event where she's tried to harm herself, like this will, will help her. And um, TRICARE wouldn't approve it at first, but she really went to bat for me and was just like, look, I." we've tried everything else i'd probably been on like 30 different meds prior to that right and none right. of them worked a lot of them they just had like terrible um side effects or um they just didn't do anything at all but this one it, it was three days i started it on january 31st and february 2nd i was better like i was a different person i could um eat again and like actually taste the food and um, I wasn't having a panic attack once I put my foot outside the door and, and all of these things. It was just like all of that fuzz and despair and all of that just got like balled up and like thrown away like this. And it was. I'm glad you found something that helped. Yeah. So, what, so do you what do you think about, about the new, the new order, order that was signed by President? That, that um, um, 
now commands no longer have that and negotiation power. You know that um, because we are Brandon, Vanessa, I, I am I, a little gaze on on the, on the hills, so that this is kind of stuff that I'm involved in to make sure that the laws get passed. We know that we didn't want it. I don't even live in Lake that we got a victory with Vanessa at all. A lot of the concern that will these laws actually be impartial, which experience will have in prosecuting these kind of crimes. However, it does sound like in your case that this commander moves completely at the bottom. The UCMJ alone clearly states that this man should be prosecuted. The commander was completely wrong in saying that you were but uh, allowing contact, that's, 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 that's a no-brainer. No Do you think that this is kind of um, executive, executive order with case? I think so. I mean, because the, I think even regardless of how much experience these people might have, like they are well-versed in prosecuting or like all of the different legal um statutes and incentives and whatnot because like it's not like a, a random commander um whether they're in the navy or the air force has had any sort of legal course <laughs> they don't have any legal expertise and then a lot of them don't have um maybe the the training that say a social worker has they don't have an ability to look at things with that kind of empathy i mean if they've been in for 15 20 years they've seen a whole number of assaults and probably have formed their opinions on those situations so um i can read you the email where the the family advocacy person she was like i always tell people don't respond because things happen like that and i'm like okay so there's victim blaming here thank you right, right. and me responding to that was evidence like look i have told this person numerous times no <laughs> in, in what you're actually doing in the legal, legal term this is you're asking for the cc which is actually required to show that so in no, her case, commander should have seen, seen it, it as much. Um, and um, he needs to do his job. job. So, so, as, 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 as the department in here, I apologize for yeah. that. Um, and obviously, <laughs> how could you tell someone no if you don't, if you don't formalize it? Exactly. And it's crazy that like even after that, Basically, they they were like, look, no contact, and I think they they gave me a no contact order for um, like a year or something like that. But still, he somehow like went out of his way to make sure I saw he was in a new relationship. That's what <laughs> even though, like, like you can't. I've I had I, if anything, I wanted to warn that poor girl, but like you I but no, George, George trash. no. Uh, but it was like I have blocked him everywhere you know and um it just so happened like i had a um airbnb account and i think since we went on a trip together and he was part of those details like 
um, he was connected to that account, which I didn't realize. And a friend had asked me where I stayed in Bali and I went to go send them that information. And I see like his profile picture with um, a girl. And like, I do remember in our relationship, he was like, well, I don't really post anything on social media. And I think it's stupid that people do profile pictures like together and da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, you have now done this to make sure I know. Like, yep, yep. <laughs> Whereas I, I don't care. Like I, I would love to say a prayer for somebody that you're with and, and hope that you're better. But honestly, we know that's I, know that's I just don't care. And I, I knew that I had gotten better because I think that was ooh, a few months after I had gotten better that I, I saw that and I didn't have any sort of visceral reaction. I didn't have to use any of my coping skills. There were no tears, like nothing. It was just like, oh, and then I deleted my account. <laughs> and that was that, you know? And and then I think that was when it really dawned on me, like, okay, there, there has definitely been a miracle in my life and I need to share this with other people. I more than anything want other people to, see something like that, whether it's with somebody that traumatized them or terrorized them, and then also just blink and then do the right thing for them, you know, where it doesn't involve contacting them at all. It doesn't involve like anybody else. Like you don't have to call your therapist about it or like get an increase on your meds or anything. It's just like, oh, delete and, you know, move on with your life. If I could give that power back to other people, holy crap, that would be amazing. But it was just um, to to be re-traumatized so many times. And it's the same thing over and over and over again. Um, but now people at least have, at the very least, there's people that are completely removed from the command. They feel no reason to stick up for whoever is the um, assailant or predator in that situation. And all they have to fall back on is what's written in a legal textbook. Like what is precedent? <laughs> that is fine by me. <laughs> so I so guess I, guess, I, went, to I went to your website. website. And so, so I have, I have um, um, real, real thing, thing about uh, how, how people, people perpetrated, perpetrated have infiltrated in society, society and have and tried have to dictate how, how our terminology, terminology. Mm -hmm. So, so one thing, thing I really, really don't do is, is people calling victims, people calling call survivors. So, so I always agree with me that when, when you're, you're when a person they, they try to tell you you're a victim, then they try to tell you you're a survivor. And if you're really you get to become a warrior. Right. So with me, I say when you feel what you mean, become an victim. So you get to pick your own terminology. And so, and so I kind of try to encourage our community, community to stop using the word victim, survivor, because then the terminology of society is seen like we are mutant in a way. Right. Then we're like feeding in what they think we're supposed to be. No, these were perpetrators. Right. It crime. And, and so, so I'm, I'm, I'm and I am, and the fact that I can talk, talk about it is a result of my strength. strength. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like sometimes there's a divide in our community because they want, they want to separately these military social trauma. And then, and then I'm like, 
you guys, you guys do know that they went into a room and came up with that. that. Yeah. So that so way, you can have to have paper rape. And I understand that people rape when you're sexually assaulted. But if we don't come out here and say the words that we are, then what happens to us often. And that's what they want. They don't want it to be where... There's, There's been, been 30,000 of us here, here every year that are sexually harassed and assaulted. And of that, usually 24,000 are going to be supposed to be victims of violence, or there's a 50 chance of them killing themselves. And the chance after becoming a victim of violence, you are actually going to be violent. And at that you have a 90% chance of killing yourself. And so yeah. I kind of feel like, like our, our words, since it has have, have so much so more meaning. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And that we might have to like, like take, take our, our power, power back, back, but in, but in so, so many different ways, ways because, because society has been changed by perpetrators how to describe us. And their work. Yeah, it's. It's a, a fine line to walk because like I'm still trying to to define what I want to to be like where I, I find my power and like communication, like words, they, they definitely matter. They have a lot of power. And um I hadn't really thought of it until one of my guests brought it up. He was like, I don't um I don't want to be called a survivor. And even sometimes I'm iffy about warrior and I for me, I just I I'm still trying to figure out what is the 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 term um, because it it is important to find what gives you strength and inspiration and motivation and like for some people that that is survivor, and I think my my one um, hesitation is like if I don't use that term like maybe I'll miss people you know that are just kind of coming into their own so. Um, and then also with the way the internet is set up with the, the damn SEO keywords too, you might miss people because you start using a completely different um, terminology. But I, I definitely think um, what you're saying is completely valid, but I, I, I don't have the solution for it yet. I'm still working through that because um, when, when my guest had brought it up, I was like, oh shit, you're right. Like <laughs> you are absolutely right. And even still like, um I'm I'm rebuilding the website right now and like when I have that open like no joke the thesaurus.com is open because <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out like what is it that I feel gives me like the most strength and like to me even resiliency is kind of a clunky word because I remember in when I was active duty and then um even trying to figure out things with the VA afterward. That's what I saw everywhere. It was be resilient, be resilient, resiliency this, you're resilient. And I'm like, I've been in a hospital for 90 days. What is resilient about that? You know, like to me, it was just this kind of slap in the face of, of being told I'm strong, you know, over and over again, whenever um, I had shared my story with people in the past, they're like, you're so strong. And I'm like, I just told you someone tried to kill me. How, what, 
in what way? Like I'm showing you the most vulnerable, most scared, most just worst moment of my life. And you're telling me I'm strong through that? No, I was a complete mess. I didn't know how to react. And then, so I, I didn't feel strong at that time. And like, I feel like I have tools now, you know, to work through that and help other people work through it. But still to me, it's not, I don't want my strength measured as a woman or as a person to be determined by how much abuse I can take like that. How does that make any sense? You know, <laughs> I feel, I feel like, like as you as continue, you continue to heal, mm-hmm. your, your work, work will come, will come to you. you. Yeah. Like, like, look at this, this later, later. And then, and then you'll be like, like, oh, like, like this, this now, now me. Like, like, this is how, how far, far you're going. And, and I think the more we talk about, about it, it mm-hmm. the better off we'll be. And it's, it's funny, funny how people will say, you know, like, like, oh, um, I was raised on my own crime for over two hours, and there was a blood everywhere. And then, you know, he put a pillow over my face and tried to assassinate that. And people, and people are like, like that's, that's uh, so hard, hard to hear. And I'm like, like, well, like, it happens to you, right? right? Or people, people say things like, like, well, were you, were you in uniform? uniform? Yes. yes. Was, was I, I raised also in uniform? uniform? Yes. yes. And, so and so it's, it's like, like, people, people don't, don't want to hear, hear it. it. And I'm like, well, listen to it because we live through it. Right. We actually live this. And now I'm thinking about, about it because it. we don't want to die. die. Right. No, I'm talking about like the like fact that you had so many fight attempts and that I could have blocked 17 in my in mouth with the trigger. That should be because we decided to save our country. And further, our perpetrators got away with it. They got away with it. And they're still in the military. Some, Some of them, of them are, are politicians now, now. and there's, yeah. there's been no accountability. And we and have to come out here, share our, you know, you I don't know the name of this, but, you know, you dark scene of, of trauma and crime to be committed against, against us because, because of what someone, someone else did. did. Yeah. And it's, and it's hard for people to listen to. And I'm like, but it killed us. Right. And it's Disconnect that people people have rather rather than than saying, Wow, then just just it in. I feel like that would be so helpful sometimes. Yeah, I think also, like a lot of people, they also just don't know what to say, too, because maybe there's something in the back of their mind, like their memory has been jogged, like, Oh my god, something similar happened to me, and they're just trying to displace it, you know. I think, I think sometimes, sometimes it is triggering um, for other people that haven't dealt with it for themselves. For themselves. But, but if you start facing it, then PTSD or shadow, they win. So when you start to face everything and you start to clear it all away, you become centered in the true self, I would say. Wait, I was going to say this wrong, but I don't know what you got me there. Got me there. But, but, you know, you know I feel like you become empowered in the world. And you walk, walk right. right. You become sensitive. Because, 
you know, you know I, I have, have to, um, Mark. Mark. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's uh, a, it's not a beat. Beat. So that's, so that's for, for my, my ex and um, I have a traumatic brain injury from being beaten the head multiple times, which we call that. And so I had a long time to cover my face a lot because I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't have, have uh, stuff, stuff on my skull and my body that kind of violence. violence. And for and a long, long time, time, it. And then, and then I was, this is actually a mark, mark um, defiant. defiant. Yeah, absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. So it's like a like longer pain stuff. Um, um, I was going and it took a while to come to that. You know, people so people mark about it, and then got it. it. Uh, that's uh, that's, that's the tightest way, 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 way And so, in my nonprofit, I help people use a cognitive therapy on board board So, you know, a lot of us associate. So, I actually have us talk about it for about twenty minutes. And then we get on a board. You can't, you can't uh, dissociate uh, at all, whatsoever. You have to be situational aware, not real, surfboard, auto boarding, snowboarding. It's kind of helped a lot. Then we have a veteran. We do release a So we paint your paint or your purple creator's name. And then we go on a hike and we um, and um, we also take we people, also back people back to where it happens at, actually, so that yeah. they can so that they the, the video you saw that was, was opening was at Naval Station Great Lakes. It was at one of the places I was sexually assaulted. So I actually went there, I took that rock that was no-no and left it there. And I went to Norfolk and Norfolk where I was and kind of like released it, left it there. That way when I had like a snack or something, I had a point, I could be like, oh, that sucks. That sucks. But remember, but remember you left. Right. Right. That's amazing. No, it's been a process. Mm-hmm. But I've but I've helped a lot of people, um, kind of do that. And I didn't expect to do that. And I then didn't expect to be in DC, wherever I am and kind of like leading the charge. Kind of for that we get accountability and. Stuff changed change for not only just veterans that were roots in the military, but for all of us. Because I also deported veterans who have been deported illegally, and the only way they get to come back to the U.S. is the body. And that's completely disgusting. Because over 90,000 have been deported, and they are supposed to have military And a lot of these people have a heart and nothing's and just nothing done. done. So, so <laughs> our four, five, 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 um, it's best to pass the house, the house is back in the minute. minute. So we're trying we're to get trying a house or word, word it for the next NDA. But we found that the political cycle here is very not friendly at all. They truly don't want to help us. 
they said that the order that we got that we would never change you you subject and we've proved that we are doing those products so what is one thing that if you can write executive order today you're the president what would you write I think definitely it would be, um, you know how they say there's a, a zero tolerance policy, uh, but from definitely what I, I understand from uh, being in therapy for a long time and also seeing how these uh, predators operate, it's um, it starts with like a pinch, you know, they it starts with a pinch and if you don't, uh, call them on it and sever the relationship or, um, you know, have some sort of uh, discipline, you know, whether it's like, okay, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Um, they keep escalating and escalating and escalating. That pinch becomes a punch. That punch becomes something worse and, and it, it just goes on and on. Um, so for me, it'd be a one and done. Like <laughs> this person test the water they're out <laughs> pretty right, much right. that that would definitely be it but especially um, when you see the drug policy is that but yeah. we can get a rape policy like that right and like the the drug policy this person is intoxicating themselves you know like <laughs> that's the only person being harmed in that situation but like rape or even being harassed it's it it's something that like with harassment itself, um, with that escalating, like it it does change the way you just perceive yourself, perceive the world. And I remember going from this super happy, confident person to I'm worthless. That's all I would hear in my head all day long was I'm worthless. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to have that. And I was this beautiful like confident ray of sunshine well, well, all the time you're so beautiful oh yeah yeah but oh, like prior sunshine. to that like right, i right. had this very high self-esteem and then it was just broken for a decade and some change after that like that's okay. how much all of that broke down my psyche and um that coupled with rapes and assaults and whatnot like i i was very very far removed from the person that i am right now but like had any of that stuff been nipped in the bud like had i known about boundaries um had i really understood like i know that the the there's the term boiling the frog but like if you read more about that experiment they actually like took the brains out of the frogs or something like that so they didn't react <laughs> but um it was very much like that where like it kept the water kept getting hotter and i didn't know to hop out i didn't think like oh this is gonna boil over you know but um yeah that would be my executive orders like like the drugs one and done if someone reports it that's that's it <laughs> yeah, so yeah so i would, I would say, say that what, that I've, what i've what found, found and what i, what I um and, and what i really, what I really am trying to get out of here is um and so, so mitigation is kind of thing and so what i really like to do is when we get to the box stage right you're done with that we start, we start teaching, teaching 
red, red behavior. behavior. Mm-hmm. Besides, Besides this red light, green light, red flag behavior. So that so then mm-hmm. people are able, able to recognize, recognize perpetrators. Absolutely. Because, because if you don't know what, what a narcissistic relationship looks like, what a perpetrator looks like, mm-hmm. the different types of narcissists there are, how can how you defend, can you yourself, defend yourself? And mm-hmm. we know, we know one, one in three. So, so I'm on a record of, you know, know I'm going to tell you how, if you are right, to take text messages, take that close, don't burn it like this. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Put it in a bag. Get a rape suit off base. Then make a decision if you want to go forward. Right. It's not my choice. I'm gonna tell everyone to go forward. Right. Right. But I don't have to say that. I have to be respectful in what people want for themselves, even if I don't agree with it. Right. But there is nothing really to say. This is what you need to do if it happens. And then you truly have to after. And then how to prevent it. So we have a culture where it's kind of okay. And it's looked, you know, like everyone looks away from it. Instead of taking that on. And so this is a way we can communicate. And then, you know, board sport therapy and then art therapy and all these things. So when it happens, you, you need to get back, get and back in right? because the last, the last thing you want people to have happened to them is to get out of the because of them. It's to allow these perpetrators to stay in the military when we need to be in the military. They deserve to be out. And I really feel like there's so much left fix where they see these little things like, oh, well, now you can afford it. I, I talk to people all the time. Maybe they really do that. Uh, I had a guy call me about his sister, and I think it was a couple And they reported the soul. They threatened his life. Wow. And then protect the person that tried to place So, I mean, yes, on writing, there's new When I went to the police where I was raped at, and also when I walked out the room, there was a piece of paper now, so you so could actually see, see where there was something. That didn't, didn't exist when I was in the military. So I like, I cried, I cried a little bit. I saw it and I was like, okay, okay. I see stats. Right. But since the numbers are so high, I don't need stats anymore. I need shit. I need action. Right. It's like all into action. At this point, well, you know that's the the sad part is with that situation with the ex fiance. Like I learned from my experiences to keep all of that evidence. Like that's what I learned was do this, cover your ass, make it like so it's undeniable that you have not engaged this person. You know, that's what I've learned. Like when I was in the Air Force, my car was vandalized and I was stalked and all of these things, but uh, I didn't have proof. <laughs> so that's what I took from that. And, and from what happened in college when um, the grand jury decided that there was no way beyond a shadow of a doubt that they could prove that that ex-boyfriend had 
tried to kill me, even though there were people that were literally on the road with us. <laughs> and there were plenty of people that were walking me out to my car each night and all of these things. Um, so that was no joke. This was like me thinking, okay, I have all of this stuff in a folder. All I have to do is let it gather and not engage this person other than saying, leave me alone or right, no, right. or I, I don't want anything to do with you. And even then it wasn't enough for me to have learned this lesson. That was the biggest lesson I think of my life was, okay, you need to make it blatant. <laughs> and still it wasn't like, I wasn't allowed to submit that. <laughs> right, I actually took a polygraph um, oh. that was given to me by CIA, CIA operator. Um, he actually interrogated terrorists in Iraq and Afghanistan. He is uh, the number one for that. And I purposely went to him. And another military investigator that the government uses to prove that I was raped. Out of my own volition, right? Because you told that one, the troll's rape doesn't happen. Oh, you want it. Um, oh, look oh, at what look you were wearing. Yeah. So we get blamed all the time. And so I'm so able, I'm to, able to throw this document up in their up face, face and say, shut the fuck up. up. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And it's ridiculous that I felt the need to do that. Yeah. Because we are in the need. Because the perpetrator is There's a perpetrator. He's the governor of Missouri. And so when you have that, as an example, example of how there's a miscarriage of justice in the system, system. what else are you supposed to do than try to do repeatedly that, that this really this does happen and it has to be changed? Yeah, I uh, whenever I drop that little tidbit about DeSantis on people, they're like, "What? No, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, <yeah>. okay, <laughs> sure, don't believe me. I'm making that up." <laughs> yeah, I make sure I let people know. So, do you know about Denise Montgomery Smith? Smith? Mm -mm. No, no. Oh, okay. So, so Denise Smith was a military police officer. officer. Um. um I was actually, I was actually a, guest a guest speaker, speaker of the panelist for a military, military trauma program in, in Florida. Florida. And, and um, um, she actually she reported, and there's and videos, there's videos of, them of them that they had accessed her, assaulted her, and attacked her. her. She actually she made a stop. stop. They are doing they are drug, drug trafficking, trafficking in this in army base in Germany. And so she stopped them. Yes. Yeah. And so and I was there with her advocate, and I got and to I got see to her, um, her video, video the, the day before the year, yeah. and, and she was talking, talking about, about the Red, Red Cross message, and, and she's supposed to come home. home. Yeah. And I heard her voice, and I, I still have this right, right now, um, because um, I was so happy that she was supposed to come home, and then the next day, they said she hung herself. Yeah. And I actually, and I actually have, have the autopsy photos, photos from her and PC Colvin. So her potential actually this like, like a like soft call. And, and so, so still to this, this day, day, in February, Cassidy said that he would do a congressional inquiry into, into her death, still hasn't happened. Yeah. And I can tell you why. why. Um, um, when, when I was at my 
uh, code cocaine and, and other drugs were being used on the boat. And where did this drug traffic from? Germany. And it happens to be from this man. Well, this fentanyl that is building the here is actually being drug trafficked through Germany and other places. And so they murdered her. And then two and you've and heard, you've heard of violence because, because you have generals that are connected to her death. And it's a huge issue. And it's all over the military. It's not just the army, it's in the Navy, it's in the Air Force. And they're ignoring it because the politicians are involved in it as well. And so here's a woman who joined the military later in life. To support her family, mm -hmm. uh, happens to be a minority, as so many of them are. They're killed in this, and they killed her. And you haven't heard anything about it from the news. Yeah. Where for the rest of the family, it was all and so they are actually trying to keep this up. And so when people say it doesn't happen in the military, you know, you just tell. Well, you, well get you get murdered. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, even when I was in Guam, oh my gosh, the drug use there. <laughs> oh boy, I could sell some stories, boy. <laughs> this is uh, well, I, the logic there was that um, LSD can't be found in um, a P test. So that right, was. Right. Folks, it's out of the system within 48 hours. So you can do it on Friday night, Monday, you pop. Yeah, if you drink enough water. Yeah, but the LSD, that was that was the one of choice. And like the the uh folks I was around had a very uh life or death kind of job. So they were definitely not the people that should have been tripping for hours at a time. <laughs> but uh yeah, um I was completely shocked when I when I did find that out. And then I think um when I went to San Diego to visit uh, my ex, like all of them were smoking weed the entire time, like to the point where I think it was like maybe my third or fourth day there. Um, they got wind of drug tests happening on the East Coast. So like all of them went and like took those like, I guess those tests that you can find at like Walmart or whatever to see if they would pop and then I don't know what kind of voodoo they work to to not do that but it was this whole thing and I was like well you know maybe if you just didn't smoke in the first place you wouldn't have to worry about that and yet you won't take out yeah yeah and you know like when I was um uh what was it I was on my my terminal leave and I went to uh a music festival and I drank a ton and apparently I did cocaine and I didn't know um but I think a few days later I just had enough and you know tried to kill myself and I was still on terminal leave so I was still under the U UCMJ so when they told me that I popped positive for that like I was shocked I was like I did what now <laughs> oh, but um yeah it was just that was something that was so out of character for me like i i uh i had i was just like that out of sorts you know like i had just given up so i didn't care i guess while i was drunk because i i already had that plan in mind of well i'm not going to be here anyway so it doesn't matter but 
um that's that's how low i was like it wasn't uh oh i'm gonna get away with this kind of thing it was a, just a, i don't it doesn't matter <laughs> i'm not gonna be here to, to deal with the consequences right so i guess right. that was the logic i have Exactly. No memory yeah. of it, yeah. but um, yeah, even after that, though, when I was out, like it, it was. Uh, I lived in the the Destin Fort Walton Beach area, and there's lots of drugs that go through there, and uh, I was not shy about trying them after that. I was because I had just I gave up. I was like, you know what, my life has pretty much been taken from me anyway. Like I feel like I'm dead walking, so just screw it, <laughs> and it's. It's it's so crazy to to know that I I truly felt that way in my heart of hearts when today I couldn't I I I can't even wrap my head around feeling like that anymore. Like I'm happy. I want to help other people more than anything. I want to get them out of that that mindset. Um, and and just if that's by sharing stories and and getting those resources out there and having conversations like these like if that's the the starting point to get um people outside mm -hmm. the military environment to care then sure <laughs> i will tell this story all day long until my face goes blue but it's um it it is wild to to really like i i journal i've been journaling since fifth grade and to look back at maybe 2015 or 16 and see how little I cared about anything. <laughs> like I right. didn't care at all. It was like, I wasn't eating. Um, I was just drinking all the time. Um, I think we're I think very, very similar in that. Yeah. Like, and the first year I would drink, drink a fifth of Elsa Brooks every night. I wanted to Like every night. Like every night. Well, well, because, because then, then like you, you Mm -hmm. I got, got into, into a, crowd a crowd that wasn't good for me mm -hmm. um, because <laughs> I didn't give a fuck, right? Yep. <laughs> I was like, well, if I die, I die. That would be great because yeah. I'm so tired of being raped at this point. Yeah. And then I would get to a point where I'd be like, okay. And, and I would have people come over to my house, house and party. party. I lived yeah, on the lived beach. On the beach. I mm -hmm. had a house on the beach. So everyone came to use me. And, and I would I drink, drink all the time. And then it yeah. became like, well, well if, if I can drink them, them under the table, I won't get rid of like, Right. It became yeah, hot. I have that logic. Yep. And it was, and it was like, like, okay, okay well, well, I can I no longer, longer, you know, you know I, didn't, I, didn't, I went to I went one to party at my squadron. And they basically sexually assaulted this girl that I was friends with at the time. She was 20. I tried, I tried to get her to be she wouldn't actually assaulted her. All they videoed it, they sent it all over the page. Um, and she got charged with underage drinking. Wow, and they have literally videos of her getting sexually assaulted. She's passed out, like she's incoherent, like this, and they're assaulting her. She's like not even moving. And so, and so I'm like, like well, I'm not partying at this point ever again. So then I'm like, okay, well, let me let me go party for these people. And they were horrible people. They were way worse. So there was no like place for me to really turn and kind of get some like guidance or comfort. I'm watching my other officers be penalized for speaking out. There's not like a 
a place I could really turn to. I've lived on the beach and I would like drink every day. Then I would go in the ocean and I would hold myself underwater and just be like, let me die today. And then something like, as it started to go black, Something, something would push me back to shore or something. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, no, I want to die today. Like, like yeah. let me die already. Because yeah. I, every couple of months, I was then being raped. Yeah. And it was just like, no matter where I went, who I trusted, somebody was intent on harming me. And this is not what like I signed in the military. I didn't say it was military. And it was, it was horrible. horrible. Just kept happening. Yeah, there, I would say the wildest thing that happened probably when I was uh, outside of the military was um, I went to like a show at one of the the clubs in in Destin, and um, for some reason, like the bands would always want to like I don't know. I would just like sidle up to one of the members and start chatting with them, and I'd always end up hanging out with them afterward. And not a one of those people. I would go to hotel rooms and hang out with them and like fall asleep and stuff. Not a one of them touched me. None of them took any crazy pictures. None of them did any of that. And like these are dudes that you know they travel for a living, they go from place to place, like who knows what they get into, but like none of them ever put laid a finger on me, but I couldn't have done that. Like, and that was me being like blackout drunk or high and just like, mm-hmm. I'm hanging with the band, you know? <laughs> and then, but like, I could not be that way and be around brothers and sisters in arms. Like that right, would not right. happen. Like those were supposed to Yeah. I remember one dude, like he legit like he touched me in and then went and slept on like the the uh armchair that was in the hotel room. He was like, hey, I just want you to know nothing happened. Like I'm over here all night and <laughs> and I was like I that never would have happened if I was at a, a party on base or hanging out with like people from the base. That was just complete. Like I knew not to fall asleep around uh, right, people right. Uh, in the military. But that's how I became such a good drinker. It's just like I had to make sure one, I'm Irish and Jewish, a little bit Scottish, and all so I just built a drink. But it was just like. If I can get into the Marines to pass out before me, I get to sleep for about two, two and a half hours without having to worry about being late. And because they wouldn't leave. Like, they wouldn't leave my house because they were using me and I would tell them to leave and then they wouldn't. So, like, well, what can I do here? I can get them so drunk that i can survive another night oh yeah and, yeah i um, used to do that I, yeah, I drank like one or two special forces people under the table before because i didn't know what else to do and right, i was right. like i don't know if i should be proud of that or you know, okay. like, <laughs> yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah <laughs> That's but it was, but I, that's so crazy that you're, you're literally poisoning yourself out of like survival instinct. <laughs> or that these are the people that are supposed to take a bullet for you. You're supposed mm-hmm. to take a bullet for them. They're supposed to have their six and you can't even sleep next to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just wild. And the opposite of what the military is supposed to be. Truly. And that's not 
what my military represents. This is what perpetrators culture infiltration of the military represents. And that's why we have to change it. We have to change it. I do think like culturally in the US things are are starting to change. Like yeah you have your your manosphere people, you have your Andrew Tates and all of them, but like um my talking to my nephew he just turned 18 not too long ago and he is he's just so cognizant that other people have lives outside of his and and they have different experiences and he thinks about triggering people and he thinks about um like what he he thinks before he speaks and I know for sure when I was 18, I mean, I had no idea about all of this, but I, I do think that the kids having access to the internet and, and they talk about everything, whereas like um, us and Gen X and um, before we were all taught to, you know, you keep that to yourself or you keep it in the family or whatever. But like I, with the advent of social media, with all the ills of it, there's also this benefit where like Gen Z they expect to be heard and they expect something to be done about it. So I'm I'm really thinking like that, that new generation coming into the military, like there is going to be change because um, someone I spoke with earlier today, um, she had mentioned that she, <laughs> she had mentioned that like when she first learned she was going to deploy, she spoke to somebody that had been in a while and that person was like Gen X and the Gen X person, their first deployment, they said they ran and talked to like people that were um, older than her that had been through it. Whereas um, the person I spoke with, she was like, well, my first instinct was internet. <laughs> right, and, right. and then I talked to other people. And I'm thinking like, of course, Gen Z, like first thing they do is gonna pick up their phone, you know, and go to TikTok or something like that, where people are very, very candid about their experiences. It's not like things are really swept under the rug the way that they have been in the past so these kids are ready to expose they want to be listened to and oh, they're ready, they're ready to go fighting oh, yeah, yeah they're pissed <laughs> every gen z kid that i've talked to they are furious with how the world is set they're up ready to and, go. um that's not even to come out here just i just help, help, help. i feel for them because like even millennials we were handed just uh a really, really, really difficult uh, situation, but then, and um, there was nothing we could do about it. But these these kids, they're like, fuck that. There is something we can do about it, and I they do, are. Right? I, I feel that. I almost feel like, you know, you know as, as we, we see so many so things, many things in politics. politics. So mm -hmm. I was at the, the march for Washington. So. so. 60 years, 60 years later, later continuing this message, message. Uh, we uh, know then it was supposed to be now, now. right? Mm -hmm. So the time is now. I'm, uh, mm -hmm. When I go to the Supreme Court, it's literally 10 minutes away from me. Uh, uh, all, and, yeah, when yeah, the when start of the session came in, we were out there protesting. Clarence Thompson is a crook. Yeah, needs to yeah. resign. Um, and he's a, a predator. And he's a predator. predator. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so, that I mean, kind of falls into it, right? They, they knew that. that. Mm -hmm. And they and still, still appointed, appointed him. And so this so is the point of us not being heard. And now they're saying, oh, this guy took all this money and he's Supreme Court justice and he has no ethics. Well, you guys were warned. 
Right. And you ignore it. Stop ignoring crimes that are being put in front of you because it's convenient to you. Because there were other people to a point. And you trashed this woman. Yeah. You told the truth about him. And now all of a sudden you're like, oh, damn. Right? Yeah. Like, well, How did this happen? You know, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure, sure you got, got one, one, right? Yeah. Well, we, I'm down I'm here at the Supreme, Supreme Court, Court, and, and you know, I am protesting and being as active as I can to make sure that I can support the ACLU at the national level, whatever I can do to make sure that our voices are heard. Absolutely. And it's very inspiring. You know, I'm 38 to have. People, people that are, that are generation Z with, with me and reminding, reminding them of the civil, civil rights movement and letting them know that that is this time. Like this is the generation that where we stop it. And we say the time is now, the change is now, and it's up to us. And by that saying, you can't do it, it's because you don't want to do it. And when you believe into that, you believe, you believe into, into this system. system. And we are capable, capable through a democracy of changing, changing anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we have a unique system here in the US. And, and yeah, democracy like, is great. We have, we have to, you know, work it. And I, I'm yeah, just trying I'm to make sure that we have, we have a constitution. Yeah. That was an <laughs> you know, uh, Thomas doesn't want that. Trump doesn't, doesn't want that. They want leadership. And, and, you know, you know reminding the Supreme, Supreme Court that, that if you do the things that a dictator wants, there will not be a court system. Yeah. Like, like, y'all want to go look at that Nazi Germany? Because this Jew wants to remind you. Because it's happening, like, all over again. It's the same playbook. It's terrible. Absolutely. So, so I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story. We might have to have this again because yes, I got a, absolutely. I got a I message got a saying that we're echoing pretty bad. Oh. Um, so of course. So we'll just consider it a dry run and have to do it again. We'll see how I I'll look at the audio when we're done. But yeah, they're like echoing really bad. And I'm like, of course she said the her stuff is so messed up. Whatever. Whatever. If not. Well, we'd already know what we're talking about. So, guys, on here at Hamiltonian Warrior Foundation, reminder you are not alone. Please check out Smitty's the Eagles. So, you know, you're my Smitty now. Please check out her website, Hosting Silence Voices. Check it out. And again, I'm here at the Amazonian Warrior. Foundation. If you need me, you are not alone. Contact me anytime you need something. And keep it positive. Keep doing. Sleep forward. Be epic at everything you do. And we out. All right. Thank you so much. That's the show for today, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with an all-new show. And remember, you can listen to us again and again. The podcast of this radio show is available right after we go off the air tonight. Anywhere that you can get your podcast episodes. And thanks for joining us today. I'd like to take a moment to talk about something close to my heart. Military Broadcast Radio has been doing incredible work to support our veterans and bring their voices to the world. 
They rely on your generous donations and your dedicated volunteer hours to make it happen. I encourage you to consider supporting NBR in any way, form that you can. Use this QR code that's attached to the picture, or you can go to our website at mbradio.us. That's mikebravoradio.us. To learn more about how you can donate or volunteer even just an hour a week from your home, help make a difference in the lives of our veterans. Because once again, we're all here for you and not for us. We're giving a veterans a voice.